It's another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin, and this is Phase 2 of the Camp Dynasty Season 1. We have moved into, officially, the college football episodes because we just had some games last weekend, and we got a whole lot more coming up this weekend, Colin. Yeah, I watched Wyoming versus Illinois, which I would have never thought I'd be saying after week zero of college football. Yeah, it. I mean, it was there was actually a few games, then, and we're going to talk about that shortly here, that uh, caught me a little bit by surprise. I'm already showing off my negligence here as a as a podcast host by failing to mention at least one of these games that was played last weekend, but... Um, as we, as we move into the season, uh, we're going to be kind of setting up, teeing up some of these games to watch where to watch them and things like that. And then every week kind of breaking down the performances, uh, and, and kind of going from there. So we're, we're going to start right away here with week zero, because the game that I'm referencing that I was so negligent about was North Carolina. The North Carolina played a game. Where were we on that? I don't know. We did a bad job <laughs> on that one. Because we, we talked about Josh Downs. I think he was both our number four wide receiver on the uh, the, the pod. And then UNC played it, and we just ignored it completely. And I don't think either of us watched the game live. Um, but, you know, we checked it out, and it was a big Josh Downs day. It was, yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't even realize it until I checked the scores uh, on Sunday, and I was like, "Wait a minute, Josh Downs was playing, and Josh Downs had a great game." So, um, yeah, he starts the season off against Florida A and M. So, you know, these week zero, week one games for some of these teams, they're going to be a little bit, you know, weaker competition, but that's okay. Uh, what we want to see then is are you dominating against players that are uh, you know, playing several levels below where you want to be in about uh, 12 months' time? So Josh Downs finished the day with 78 yards and two touchdowns. He made an incredible second touchdown catch over two defenders, uh, leaping. You know, We mentioned him. He's a smaller guy, but he leaps over two defenders, pulls in his second touchdown and unfortunately gets hurt on that play. Um, but he is expected to be fine. Uh, I think it was uh, considered just a bruise. So avoided major damage there and capped off a pretty strong first game. Yeah, it was a, a nice looking game. I I don't love the 8.7 yards per reception because it kind of supports that small guy short route kind of thing where it's like they're catching a lot of screens a lot of slants but it looks to be that he is like by far the number one target in this offense and he's going to be getting the ball a ton so we're going to have a, a ton of sample size probably to to see downs dominate this season and we mentioned obviously sam howell goes to the league and uh so we we're wondering what's the quarterback situation going to look like for unc and that was redshirt freshman drake may who looked very good in his debut for the tar heels so 
potentially a name to watch moving forward, perhaps. These UNC quarterbacks, a little bit of a, a history. Wouldn't call it a great one, but we got some guys in the league. <laughs> hey, Mitch Trubisky has looked great in the preseason for the Steelers. Battling uh, it with Mason man. Rudolph and Kenny. Kenny Pickett's also looked great, but... Uh... Yeah, May May made some pretty big time throws in this game, so I definitely co-signed that. Especially if you look at that downs on his second touchdown catch, he kind of put it in front of the corner, but on Downs' back shoulder. So he Downs had to turn a little bit, but it, it, he threaded the needle between the corner and the safety really nicely. So it could be a, a nice season for them. But of course, like you said at the beginning, it was against the Florida A and M Rattlers. Right, so we're we're tempering our expectations a little bit, but um, gotta get excited about these guys. It's it's great to see the action kicking off again, and the game that we did reference last week was the Wyoming Cowboys were playing Big Ten action against the Illini, and your your guy Titus Wen was was getting in on it. Absolutely, this was a a fun game to watch because I I just kind of wanted to see how. Uh how Titus was going to do because it was the only guy that I really cared about in the game. Uh, and their their quarterback, Wyoming, is putrid. He's <laughs> awful. I, I, I watched this whole game and I was like, God, this he went 5 for 20 for 30 yards and a pick. Uh, but all that being said, losing 6 to 38, Swen still carried the ball 17 times for 98 yards with a 5.8 average. It was, uh, it was a kind of – reminded me of like a Derrick Henry-esque kind of game where it's just kind of like <laughs> run into the line, run into the line, get eight yards, run into the line, get 20 yards, run into the line, run into the line. It didn't even take one week. It took zero weeks to get a Titus Swen Derrick Henry comp on this that podcast. Wasn't, no, so. it wasn't <laughs> It wasn't a Derrick Henry comp. It was the way he got his yards right. felt okay. like a Titans game where it's just like, yeah, feed the big fella in the backfield and see how many yards he can get. And he had a few. He popped off a few big runs. He had a 25-yard run. I think he had another 20-yard run. So it was a uh, few and far between where it comes to short run, short run, break one every once in a while. So unfortunately, the Cowboys didn't find the end zone once in this game. <laughs> but if they did, uh, it was probably been Swen in there. Yeah, so keep an eye out for the Cowboys and that uh, premier rushing attack, which is by default, it sounds like, with the guy they have under center there. But um, that pretty much, I mean, that was pretty much it for Week 0. There wasn't really a lot going on in terms of guys that were keeping on the radar, um, guys that were going to be paying real close attention to outside of uh, the UNC game. Um, so that kind of just leads us straight into the real, what I'm going to call the real start of college football for the 2022 season, which is week one, uh, happening this week, kicking off the first set of games is on Thursday and that carries all the way through. I think there's even one game next Monday. So it's going to be a full weekend of, of college kickoff, a lot of excitement, um, and, and for our purposes and for, for the campers that we're watching, uh, very, very excited to see after watching the, the 2021 film on these guys, how do they look coming out of the gates in 2022? 
Will they, if, if it's somebody who finished the year strong, will they carry that momentum into the next year? Will, will the, the, the weaknesses or the challenges that we've identified, will those slowly start to kind of disappear down the stretch in 2022? So a lot of, lot of excitement in terms of just watching these individual players. And we're going to run through a slate of games here today to, to keep your eyes out for uh, some of these guys. I'm especially excited to see the the ones that there's a lot of projection out here for that that we talked about where can we see those those leaps and bounds forward and can we see the improvements we hope to see to get these guys into the tops of draft boards come 2023. 100% and that's something I think that we even talked about. I mean we we've talked about projection so much with our preseason rankings and things like that and this is where it, it really starts this is where the you know that projections that window of projection starts to to close as we get closer and closer to uh their eventual draft day so um starting out uh just kind of running through a a couple games here that are that are coming up later this week before we get to the big saturday um thursday like I said, we're starting this on Thursday. So if you want to, if you're really itching for it, you want the college football is, you know, it's here. You got the bug. You want to watch it Thursday evening, 9.30 p.m. Central Time. Fresno State faces off with Cal Poly. And that is on FS1. Why do we want to watch Fresno State? Well, they have a quarterback who's interesting, Jake Hayner. We did not talk about him on our quarterbacks episode, but he was a player that I did watch in preparation. Um, And there's also a a wide receiver, Jalen Cropper, who I have not watched yet, um, but I have seen his name popping up in a few different places. So Fresno State, we've got some premier NFL talent that's come from that program. Maybe these are the next two guys in line. Could be. I haven't uh, watched either of these guys, and I probably won't be tuning into this game unless I don't have much going on Thursday night. But uh, definitely, if you're you're looking to keep an eye on some of the the lesser known names in this class, uh, Jalen Cropper and Hayner are two of the guys that you can keep an eye out for. And I will I will say this. I mean, I'm not I'm not bringing it up lightly because it's just the only game on a Thursday. Hayner. He has some real tools. Like, I'm serious. Like, this is a guy who's a little bit undersized in terms of what we think about the prototype of a quarterback, but he, he's got that sort of playmaker mentality. He's got a big arm. Uh, and so it's there's a little bit of buzz behind his name. I thought he was fairly impressive watching him. So maybe he's a guy that we see kind of take some of those, you know, that uh, significant growth path in 2022 and and suddenly he's kind of forced his his way into that conversation for the top five so what's don't what's sleep the, on fresno state what's the prototype for a quarterback for you um i would say six four two twenty five i think the the prototype's overrated i mean it probably is yeah i feel like uh the the big quarterback that everybody wants it's like yeah Drew Locke is the prototype. I don't know. I feel like all the best quarterbacks in the league outside of, like, Brady, uh, Josh Allen. But, like, 
Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, they're they're smaller guys in stature, and they seem to be getting it done pretty good. I mean, Joe Burrow, small guy, getting it done. Justin Herbert, he's about the prototype. Um, but I don't know. I feel like the prototype's a little overrated. See, but that's that's the thing when you talk about. I mean, for, the prototype evolves. Obviously, we have now reached a point where the prototype also includes a dual threat ability. You can't really be a prototype anymore if you can't run. Um, but guys like Allen and Herbert, I mean, they developed from literal prototypes. Like you don't do anything really except look like a quarterback should look, and they became two of the top quarterbacks in the league. So I think That's it fair. helps in terms of the projection element when you see the physical tools and then you're like, all right, man, if this guy puts it together, then yeah, he's, he's the whole package, but it's, it is, it's overrated. It's fair. I, I kind of forgot about Herbert until I started like making the point against it. And I was like, ah, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert are like the two best young quarterbacks in the <laughs> league right now. So maybe, maybe that, you know, it's all a horse apiece, honestly. Yeah, so that's Thursday night. So late one, staying up late, having a few drinks on a Thursday night perhaps. Get to Friday. Friday night, baby. We're ready to party. Well, how about another late game for you? 9 p.m. Central, Friday night on ESPN. We get TCU at Colorado. And obviously here we're interested in the big man, Quinton Johnston, my number three wide receiver heading into the season, uh, pl- facing off with a you know pretty stout opponent in terms of you know uh, a team that has a few guys in the secondary at the Colorado team. Yeah. Um, so it'll be a, it'll be a bit of a challenge for Quinton to start out with, and I think that uh, that might be a good launch point for him. I I want to see if this TCU team can like get it together. <laughs> Yeah. For like a full game to support Quinton Johnson, so he can kind of catapult himself into that national eye and be a, a top three consensus receiver, rather than top three in like your eyes and like a few other people out there are like, hey, watch out for Quinton Johnston. Like, I want to, I want to see this guy get the support he needs because wide receiver is such a like dependent position. It's it's like you got to have a good quarterback, a good old line. You got to, you know, have this and that and the other thing in order to, you got to have probably another good wide receiver on the team. So you're not getting double teamed all the time. So it'll be nice to see if he can get some support so he can actually have some solid success this season. Yeah. I don't, I, I can't say for certain that TCU is bringing back the same quarterback from last year. I'm just going to assume that they are. And, man, let's see some growth out of that guy helping Quentin out a little bit because that was that was a little rough last year. They've it's lost the same quarterback, Max Duggan. There it is. So, Max, I'm calling on you, buddy. Feed the big man the rock. Make his life easy and, and let him put up some numbers on the stat sheet so we can get drafted in the first round. Absolutely. And I mean, he definitely deserves that, that kind of love in the NFL's eyes too. And it's hard to get that when your quarterbacks can't get you the ball. Very true. So that is the early games. So the two quick hitters, a couple of guys to watch some names that we're paying attention to. Um, 
Saturday obviously is the big day. Uh, there's a ton of games to pay attention to, more than we can physically talk about here in terms of even just the players we want to watch. Um, there's two big ones. We're going to talk about those a bit later. Uh, but the Saturday slate, obviously, we're watching. <laughs> we got to watch Bichon. <laughs> Find a way. We've been waiting for for months and months to see Bijan back in action. You know, I was wondering something. What happened to players sitting out? Yeah, I. This is uh something. I can't remember who brought it up, but somebody brought it up, and they're like, "Why? Why doesn't Bijan just?" Oh, was this a conversation you and I had after we talked about all the <laughs> endorsement deals that he signed, <laughs> and he because he had like eleven uh, nil deals. It's like, why does he even going to play this year? Like, why does he just take the year off and then go into the NFL next year? It's like, I know we had a whole, you know, additional situation happening surrounding some of these players that sat out with the COVID season and things of that nature. But I I feel like it just kind of went away, which I would have thought it would have became more prevalent in the new NIL era because... Like Bijan's got his his sponsorship with Lamborghini and everybody else. It's like, guy, you're already the best running back, man. Just just cool it, you know. Less unless he, you know, the Longhorns. He's got big high hopes for that team. Wants to be a part of something special. But I'm like, I don't know. You yeah. got paid already. Just get into the league, man. Yeah, because what they got Quinn Ewers there coming over from Ohio State, who's supposed to be good, and like him and but him and Bijan, I don't know if they got like super talented receiving core. Like I just there's don't know. Few, what... There's a few weapons on that offense. Uh, Texas actually seems like it might be a fun offense to watch this year, but so maybe he wants to get some awards under his belt, get some more accolades, and. Uh, He'll he'll be able to do that starting against Louisiana Monroe at 7 p.m. on Saturday night uh, on the Longhorn Network. So it's going to be tough to find oh, this game. On. Yeah, it's going to be tough to find this game, and it's going to be happening during one of our games of the week. Uh, so unfortunately, probably won't be able to catch Bijan this Saturday, uh, but I'll be keeping my out once the, the highlights drop. Yeah, just know that it's there. And Louisiana Monroe, I mean, unless they got something going on down there that I don't know much about, let's let's see Bijan feast yeah. in this one. He might have 250 <laughs> <laughs> and by half and then sit out the rest of the game. I wouldn't be surprised. But, yeah, if we got anybody in Texas that gets the Longhorn Network, uh, you know, Give us a little little shout out. Send us a link or something. I don't know. Help help us out on that one. I want to. I, I want to second screen this while we're watching yeah. the other game. I want to throw this up on my phone. While, but anyway. So, in terms of Saturday, we'll come back to that. There's obviously a few more games happening that we want to talk about on Saturday. But of course, j- jumping ahead to Sunday, there is a couple of games there. We're also looking out for before the NFL starts. We're not getting in the way of anything here. So Sunday, prime time, ABC, two major players, major programs, Florida State and LSU, both unranked and starting off the season in prime time. But 
Um, it's man, this game is kind of fun because for two reasons. First of all, LSU, obviously, Keishan yeah. Butte. This is a player that we are kind of, you know, not to say that he has a lot to prove this year, but he has a lot of tape to put out, I would say, that can really cement him in the sort of conversations that he has been a part of already. I mean, he's already my number two guy, but you talk about, you know, the JSN versus Butte. I don't think that tapes out there for Butte yet. So that this season could, you know, potentially put him on that level. Um, and, and he's starting off here, Florida state. I mean, no, that's no, uh, slouch opponent, even though the, they haven't been quite what they have been. Um, there's a few guys in, in that secondary as well. Um, which is no surprise. I think it's another safety kind of just pumping those out, but, um, so Kayshawn and then on the defensive side, BJ O's BJ Ojulari. And that is Aziz's, that times yes, right? <laughs> that is Aziz's brother, and okay. he is an edge rusher like his brother, and there's a lot of talented edge guys in this class, and he's one of them. So there's that's one side of the ball. That's LSU. And the other side of the ball is more interesting than it was to me going into the season because Florida State played last weekend. And they had three guys go over 100 rushing yards against Duquesne. So, you know, take it for what you will. (laughs) But their leading rusher, Treshawn Ward, 127 yards, 9.1 yards per carry, two touchdowns. This guy... If you'll if you'll indulge me for a moment, was actually the number one ranked player in all of college football last season for explosive run rate. So he's behind Jay Sean Corbin last year, NFL player, undrafted, but made a team or was in a camp or something. <laughs> now Treshawn Ward starts the year kind of right where he finished in a sense where he's this explosive guy. He's a little bit undersized. He's, he's kind of, you know, skinnier 5'10", 180 ish. Um, I got one ninety two, one ninety two, but he doesn't look one ninety two. That feels a little beefed up to me, but um, after, I mean, I watched a, I watched a little bit of the, the highlight reel on that game and he's got a, he's got some explosion that, that rate is not just a number. He's got some, he's got a little bit of explosiveness. And then the other guy that they have, I'm just going on a rant here about Florida state's running game against Duquesne, but Trey Benson was a transfer from Oregon. He's kind of the thunder to the lightning. Uh, with Ward, he he's breaking tackles left and right, running through guys. He looked it looked to me like he had a bit of speed. That may have been just going against the you know the Duquesne finest, but man, I don't know. The run, running attack seems kind of interesting for Florida State. It'd, it'd be nice to have another running back throw their hat in this deep ring because I, I said it before and I'll say it again. It's we need more young running backs in the NFL to be elite because we have an aging core 
and we need guys to replace them. And we're, we're starting to see the guard change slowly. But if this 2023 class has like five guys, that would go a long way. And if, if Florida State, if, if this Treshawn Ward or if this whole running attack is real, then that would be big time. That being said, uh, nine yards per carry for Treshawn Ward w- would be a pretty hard pace to keep up. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it looks great uh, on paper when you can dominate Duquesne's. And that's kind of what you mentioned at the beginning of the, of the pod when you said even if they're playing lesser competition, you still want to see them dominate because that's what good players do. They play well against bad teams and seeing them, seeing them do this against Dukens is exactly what you need them to see. If they played poorly, it w- they'd be unremarkable, but here we are talking about them because they did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. And I mean, maybe, it be, you know, obviously you're not getting, you're not putting this guy on your, you know, Oh, this guy's going to get drafted list. But like, I thought it was interesting to see that last season in a very limited scope of work, he had these very impressive numbers backing him up. And then he immediately starts the next season looking like that guy with more of a role. So that's what we're here for, man. You know, we don't, you know, we're, we're it's week zero. This guy's popping off and I'm going to sit here and say, you know what? I'm going to keep my eyes on Trayshawn Ward because worst case scenario, he's going to be a damn fun player to watch this season in college football. Absolutely. And that's all you can ask for. Football is supposed to be fun to watch. It's an entertainment product. God damn it. It is. And so is playing Dynasty. That's about Absolutely. fun as well. So, but I have fun that, doing it. Me too. But that might come up later. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, Butte. that's yeah. I want to yeah. talk about Butte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I want Butte to finish the season as my wide receiver too. I do, and that that would take obviously him outperforming Jordan Addison, who's my current wide receiver too, which is totally possible. My mind is completely open, uh, and I I want to see him kind of dominate. I want to see him be what you've seen in small samples in in taste i want to see a full season of that and this would be a nice start for for Butte. yeah i'm i mean lsu is not what it what it was a few years ago obviously going into the season unranked but these wide receivers man i mean it's it's one after the next so let's see Butte take the uh the justin jefferson path and not the terrace marshall roster bubble path oh did you see today. did you see the panthers traded for lavisca chenault that must I have did. been bad news i did yep i don't you know what whatever man i don't it, even care it's anymore okay. it's well we can talk about it this is a safe space well let's Terrace. just say if camp dynasty had existed several years ago when terrace marshall was a camper and not a graduated camper I would have been sitting here telling you all sorts of fun things about how good he was, how you should draft him, how his ADP was too low, he was a great value where he was getting picked. Sometimes it just doesn't work out, man. Well, a lot of injuries for Terrace Marshall so far. It's not like the book is written, which is why I'm confused that – because let's just – you saw a story earlier today from the athletic a beat reporter out of carolina saying that 
uh, Terrace Marshall's on the roster bubble, and cut week is coming up. And so, you know, you're concerned about Terrace, and then they trade for LaVisca. And it's just they don't have enough talent to be cutting a guy like Terrace Marshall that they took in the second round two drafts ago. Like, I don't understand the thought process of that of a team that's doing that. Like, if you're a bad team, you got to have all the talent possible. And if Terrace Marshall's hurt for six of the games and then he's, like, carrying that banged-up body through the rest of the season and he's missed X amount of practices, whatever, as a rookie, I don't understand how you are giving up on that guy already. Well... Here's the thing with Terrace Marshall, and this this applies to the process of scouting in general. It's something that we are going to be paying attention to with all of these players. It's not always as cut and dry as what you see on the tape. Because Terrace Marshall was red flagged by many teams for injury concerns heading into the NFL draft. That was part of the reason why he was a late second round pick. I mean, there was legitimate buzz that was like, this guy might be a first round pick. Um, And so it's just one of those things where he has continued to deal with injuries at the NFL level. And when he has been on the field, he hasn't looked that great. And so, you know, is the lack of practice time and the time that he has missed, is that hampering his development? Is that why he's looking so poor when he's actually on the field? Um, I don't know. But there's more to an evaluation than simply, is this guy really good when he's playing at the college level? Because there's there's a lot that goes into it. And it. I've honestly been thinking a lot about, in terms of quarterbacks, mental makeup. That's something that doesn't show up at all, and you can't know it at all if you're just watching film. Um, But it's such a major part of the position. And so sometimes evaluations, one of the reasons I call them subjective, even though there's like this criteria that you can go off of, is just because there is a lot of unknown factors even when you're watching the film on guys. Yeah. And the mental makeup is such a a big thing with every position. Like you need a guy that, because obviously the mental makeup for a quarterback is far and away because they have to do the most with their mind on every play. But when it comes to like a thing as simple as work ethic, it's, 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 it's something that is so important for every single player to have in the NFL to succeed because every single player is a physical and mental like freak. They are like the hundredth percentile of like athletic people. So you have to be able to outperform them on a day-to-day basis in order to be an elite player. So it's like when you don't have that work ethic, if you don't have that, that mental, that, that mindset, then you can easily just wash out pretty quickly. That is why I never, ever like to hear people talking about prospects in definitive ways because there's just so many scenarios where there's something that we don't know as fans, as casual you know, people that try to try to watch the film that try to evaluate players ourselves there's just things that aren't going to show up for for 
for some players. And we'll never know those things. Um, and hopefully NFL teams, you know, they get to know those things in the interview process and things like that. Um, but yeah, so I, this like little mini rant is kind of <laughs> just me like on the couch about Terrace Marshall, and which thank you for that. Cause I needed that today. I know you did. It's okay. I mean, everybody has their, their crushes that end up breaking their heart and you just need to, to talk about it every once in a while. Amen. That's what we're here for. Um, all right. Well, back to the action. Uh, another Sunday game. South Carolina facing off with the fearsome Georgia State. And that is on ESPN+. And South Carolina, as we mentioned last week, kind of a fun little team to watch out for this year because Jaheim Bell is this dynamic playmaker at the tight end position who is now being paired up with the incoming Spencer Rattler. I'm really interested in this game, mostly for Rattler, just to see if he has kind of his feet under him uh, because saw a lot of bad stuff last year, see if he can break bad habits and kind of get back into a – a rhythm basically get back into a normal every day every saturday sunday in this case just get out there and play some good football play fundamental ball don't try to do too much and get the dang ball to jaheem bell because when the ball's in his hands good things seem to happen so i'm really interested in watching this game unfortunately it's on espn plus because mickey mouse doesn't need any more of my money uh, so I'm probably not going to be uh, checking that out unless it's through other other ways, like a friend's house or something. Totally you know? legal ways, yeah. like yeah. visiting a friend. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, Rattler, it's got to be a story of the season. I mean, I he's not even on my radar at quarterback, to be honest with you. Like, there's yeah. at least at least eight or nine guys that I would say comfortably right now I'm rating ahead of Rattler. And he can he can do a little bit of damage this year if, to erase these bad memories that we have of him. Uh, if he comes out and, and kind of looks like that guy again, new scenery, played in the SEC, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's South Carolina is, is a, a fun team to watch this year for sure. And they have a new mascot uh, who is not named the Cock Commander which is what everybody wanted. We wanted the cock commander at the South Carolina games, but we are getting the general. Oh man. That's lame. Come on. We're the game cocks. Can we get something better than the general? At least the country was ready to rally behind something for once. And it was the South Carolina (laughs) mascot being the cock commander. And they Uh. took that away from us. That's that's sad. Um, man. Yeah, yeah, you ready to you ready to jump into this? The my, Saturday slate? I, I I had something, but it left my head, so let's get into it. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Thinking about the cock commander too much. Yeah, yeah, the, the cock commander threw me off. <laughs> that threw me <laughs> off my, my train of thought. So rewind. 
before we get to Sunday, there's there's a whole lot of beers and a hangover in between us and this South Carolina game, and that's because Saturday is the day. Um, and honestly, I mean, there's there's the two games on ABC, which we're going to talk about because they are the premier games of the weekend, both for college football and for our purposes, I would argue. Um, but before we get there, uh, there's two games happening concurrently to those games. Uh, and one of them is a team that we are going to be following every week, all season long, because in the rankings leading up to this portion of our season, we talked about a lot of Alabama players. Yeah. And there's a reason for that because there's always NFL talent up and down that roster. But this year, it's quarterback, it's running back, it's wide receiver, it's even tight end, it's edge rusher, safety. I mean, every single position that we care about uh, at Camp Dynasty is featured on the Alabama Crimson Tide in some way, shape, or form. So this is a team we're going to obviously be watching all year. And they kick things off Saturday at 6.30 p.m. on the SEC Network against Jordan Love's Utah State. Jameer Gibbs and Jermaine Burton are the guys I'm going to be trying to watch closest in this game because those are the new guys that have the most to gain by being on this Alabama team. And that's why they've transferred in. Uh, Gibbs was playing with a horrendous offensive line last year uh, and not great quarterback play and made a, a lot out of it. And Jermaine Burton, again, he didn't get the ball very often for Georgia. Uh, so hopefully we'll see Bryce Young feeding them in the past game and Jameer Gibbs doing a lot with a much improved O-line in Alabama. I, I'm assuming uh, the O-line is going to be just as good as it usually is because it seems like they churn out two NFL O-linemen every year. Uh, and then on the other end, it'll be hard to ignore Will Anderson. Yeah, I mean, this is – it's an all-star team. Yeah. I mean, it, it always is, but, like, this year there's just something magical about it and maybe it's that mystery element that with the gibbs and the burton you know maybe by week four that's sort of worn off and we're just used to those two dominating but right now like you said those two players were very i mean gibbs was very high on both of our rankings and i had burton as a top five receiver in this class despite very limited work so these are two players that have real high upside dynasty potential when you talk about next year's rookie drafts. Um, but again, there is that element of projection with these guys. So that is kind of the, the shiny new situation that we're monitoring there with, with how do they perform alongside of the man himself, Bryce young, who's commanding, commanding the offense again with the Heisman trophy on his belt now. So I think it's, it'd be on his shelf. I don't think his, it'd be on his no, belt. He's, no, he's carrying that thing around. Like he's That's, Batman. He's got a, yeah. a tool belt, and he's got a Heisman yeah. Trophy in it. Exactly. <laughs> That's how that works. Yeah. Um, the other the other game on, on Saturday, outside of the, the Dream Team there in, in Tuscaloosa, is Zach Evans 
versus Troy. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Ole Miss versus Troy. Yeah. Ole Miss. It's a whole yeah. team. The whole team. The Rebels. Yeah. yeah. They're facing Troy, and, and Zach Evans is on their team now. He's their running back, and yeah. he is making his SEC debut in the link in the uh, the Lane Kiffin Ole Miss offense. And I will I will be there. <laughs> I will be there watching it. I don't care what's going on at two thirty. I'm watching this game. <laughs> I so you made our our outline our shared outline in the Google Docs, and it was like yeah, Cal Poly, Fresno State, TCU, Colorado, uh, Texas, Louisiana, Monroe, FSU, LSU. Zach Evans, uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Spoiler, but I was just like, "Oh yeah, we're just Zach Evans, not Ole Miss." No, it's just that's all we care about in this game. Yeah, exactly. He's, <laughs> this guy is the best player in college football this year, yeah. maybe. Well, well, we'll have Heisman predictions later on. See if you'll back that up. No, but I'm I am very 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 excited to see Zach Evans. If it wasn't made obvious enough from the running backs episode, I'm very very excited about what he can be in that offense and and how he can look in hopefully a full year of action. I mean, like I said at that point, it's like we got like four or five games out of him. And then he disappears and people kind of forget like what he really looked like at that, at that point of the season early in the year. So this is our opportunity now to, we're not fading Zach Evans. We are going into 2022. He is firmly on the radar. We are watching Ole Miss and he has all of it to prove now. Be that guy, be a guy that has round one running back type traits. Like I said, be that player. Show me that you belong in that conversation right below Bijan Robinson. Yeah, I'll be keeping an eye on the the Ole Miss game for sure, just to see what uh, this guy's made of. Because you've made such a a big deal out of him, and so that's made me super interested in in keeping an eye on him. That's what I'm here for. I'm just pulling everybody onto these hype trains that are destined to crash and burn. <laughs> I just want everybody to be there with me so I don't have to do it alone. Yeah. Um, did I say that's at 3 o'clock on Saturday on the SEC network again? So that's back-to-back. If you got the SEC network, you can just snuggle in 3 to 6.30 and you're covered there. But there are two other games at the same times that you may be more interested in. Um, especially if you are just generally a, a fan of college football, because these are the marquee games of the weekend. And first up, 2.30, ABC, Oregon, who is ranked number 11, bring back the Ducks, golden age, <laughs> versus the reigning defending National champions, the Georgia Bulldogs, coming into the season ranked number three. And, you know, there's there's not a, there's not a laundry list of guys in this game that we're watching that appeared on our on our preseason rankings, but there's a lot of guys here to be familiar with, and it just so happens to be in this you know, colossal fight between the national title winner and the ducks. I've never understood college football rankings. 
it's like i i get that there's a, a panel of people that like makes the rankings i get that but i don't understand how it's week one and georgia doesn't like have an honorary number one like they just won the title i i don't get why you don't just move everybody else down one and put Georgia at one, at least for week one. And then if Alabama looks better in week one, then then move them down for week two. But I feel like they should have like a little gold one next to them just for for week one until their first game is played, until they lose that top ranking, until they, they earn that loss. But, well, yeah. Please. I mean, what about – well, then no. No, no, no. no, no I, I want to – I'm on board with the ceremonial, right? Now, I was going to say, like, if you put them at number one and they just run the table, then, I mean, like, they're probably going to be number one anyway. Well, I mean, they're playing Bama, so it's like that's different. But if they were different, like, let's say, uh, I don't know. Let's say, yeah, USC wins the national title. Okay, so then they go into the next season ranked number one. But they've lost, you know, the quarterback and somebody else. And by some miracle, they go nine. No, see, the whole argument falls apart because of the panel, the college football committee with their hoods in the shadows sitting there (laughs) and deducing who's going to be a national championship contender because that's how this works in college football. So it it doesn't matter. That's why. Just give give them the damn number one. That's what I'm saying. Just give them the honorary one. I mean, you're going to change who it is. I mean, they decide who goes in the playoffs anyway. So it's like, who right. who cares what yeah. who's number one? They can be number one up through the playoff, and they could be like, ah, yeah, well, this team sucks. It doesn't matter that they're 14-0. and 0. I don't care. Like, we're going to put Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame, and Ohio State in the playoff anyway. But how about this? <laughs> how about – how about we turn into this game and I'm not even going to pay attention to the numbers on the top of the scoreboard on the little ticker, because I'm going to be focused on one number and one number only. And that is a number that I don't even know. Number 11, five. Is it five? Jackson. (laughs) What Jackson? No, no, we're George. This is oh, Georgia oh, and, uh, and Oregon. Uh, I thought I'm, you were moving on already. No, are you kidding me? We haven't yeah. even talked about the. We haven't even talked about the man himself, the Eric Gilbert. The prodigal son. Yeah. The prodigal son, Megatron, the 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 chosen one. This is this is the story of the season. This He's is the 14. arc. There it is, number fourteen. This is the character arc. Of 2022, we are we're talking about narratives here. Eric Gilbert is the chosen one. Which path is he going to take? Will he go on and and claim his his predestined title, or will he fall by the wayside and, and slip into mediocrity? That is the question, and it all starts with the Ducks already top opponent with some good linebackers. Can he do it? It'll be fun to see if, because Oregon has the good linebacking core, if the tight ends can get going. Because the, again, the Georgia passing game is has been barren for a few years now. It seems like, uh, and so we'll see if the the tight ends can get going. And if not, 
is there another pass catcher on Georgia that can do anything? Because they lost Pickens, and they lost, they lost Jermaine Burton. Burton. So what are they, who are they going to turn to if those linebackers are in a position to cover these tight ends well enough? And if Eric Gilbert ends up falling off because he's had so much time off and he, he's not going week one anyway – uh, is, is there a situation where we see another pass catcher step up on the outside in Georgia? Well, I'm actually really interested to see how they use Eric Gilbert this year because when he transferred away from LSU, he actually originally committed to Florida for like two weeks, and then he committed to Georgia. And he committed to Florida and maybe even Georgia as a wide receiver, not a tight end. Guy played what he played tight end high school and at LSU, but he transitions to a wide receiver. So he came into Georgia kind of with that designation, but now he is still being listed, I believe, as a tight end. So will they deploy him in that sort of a hybrid way, given that they have Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington as well? That that is something I could see if they, because I could definitely see them going to tight end with Bowers and Washington, and splitting out uh, Eric Gilbert because that he has the skills to succeed on the outside or in the slot, and oh, yeah. so yeah, I, Dude, I could put him in the fucking them. slot, man. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, that's what Let I'm saying. Him, him, it definitely could be. Uh, an interesting offense to watch and they can get really creative with the ways they deploy all their tight ends. Yeah. So that right there, you know, we're going to see how he's utilized. Will he be a focal point? Even will they, you know, try to get him the ball? There's a lot of buzz around his return to the team. Um, But will we, will we get to see it? Will we get to see the player that we've been waiting for? Um, And then on the other side of the ball, Georgia loses all of this NFL talent on the defensive side. I mean, just obscene amounts of NFL talent. That's how you win a national title, I guess. But they still have guys. I mean, Jalen Carter, who probably won't be on our radar necessarily as an IDP um, fantasy prospect, but uh, he's a top player just generally. And then you have Nolan Smith, edge rusher who may be one of these this collection of edge guys that i referenced earlier there's so many names heading into the season um and may and nolan smith impressed me from what i saw of him last year so maybe he's a guy that kind of puts himself into that conversation but yeah i mean i they, they got they have other guys too i mean non-idp guys idp guys like there's still a lot of talent on that side of things it should be a a Probably not the most fun game to watch, I wouldn't say. It probably will be a little bit of a rock fight. Yeah. Uh, but if if you love defense, this this would be the kind of game for you to watch. And you reference Georgia losing so many guys to the to the NFL last year. They had five defenders go in the first round. Like this this was one of the the all time defenses in terms of guys just NFL players on that roster. And that's just the first round. And so you, you see 
that you'll see if they can bounce back and and field such a formidable defense again, which I I assume they will because that's kind of their call sign. And you mentioned that it might be kind of a a slugfest, a defensive, you know, a a muddy game, kind of a a throwback game. Um, And that, I mean, part of the reason for that is we know that Georgia's passing offense is questionable. Stetson's coming back. They have a running back whose name's escaping me. He's pretty good. They normally are in Georgia. But uh, the other side of it, the Ducks. Why are the Ducks ranked number 11? Well, a lot of it has to do with what they have going on on the defensive side of things. But they also potentially have a, a new quarterback. I mean, they will have a new quarterback. It hasn't been officially announced who's starting yet, but it's kind of assumed that here's a name for you. Bo Nix is in Eugene, and he may be and probably will be the starter uh, for the Ducks this year. Coming in from Auburn, you know, maybe you'll remember him because this was a player who was the SEC Freshman of the Year in 2019. He had some legitimate buzz around his name um, in terms of becoming an NFL quarterback prospect following that season. And he never really took the reins on that. He kind of just looked uh, like the same sort of player for the next two seasons before ultimately now transferring out of Auburn and to the the West Coast. So, Bo Nix, Colin, what do you think about him? Yeah, I, I'm i mildly interested in Bo Nix. I saw him on a couple lists, and I was like, well, you know, keep – a finger on on the pulse of what Bonix is doing up in Oregon after you know transferring. We're seeing a lot of people move programs and a lot of bigger names. And Bonix not a huge name right now, not a buzzy name. But if he plays well against the Georgia team, I mean, he could garner some warranted attention uh, because I mean, likely going to be a stout defense, like I mentioned before. So. We'll we'll see with Bo Nix, but I'm kind of interested to if he can build on what he's already done in that freshman season, and then he's been kind of stagnant. Maybe a, a change of scenery, like I was talking about before with Rattler, maybe that can aid him a little bit. Um, and if we see a good game out of him, maybe we can get him in the conversation a little bit. Yeah, I mean, to me, there it, it seems like the last – few years last year what happened last year there's been a few instances in the last few years where a quarterback sort of emerges uh from the shadows and most notably is joe burrow i mean joe burrow was not supposed to be the number one overall pick going into that season he put himself on the radar um and i'm not saying God, no. I am not saying Bo no, Nix no, is no. Joe Burrow. No, no, no. Um, Bo Nix le- leaves a lot to be desired on, yeah. on film. He does. He he really struggles out of structure. When he's in time and when he's when he's in the rhythm of the offense, he does have some you know interesting moments on film that make you say, okay, maybe this guy has a bit of an arm. You know, Maybe he can make some of these throws, but wildly inconsistent however 
like you're saying, change of scenery. It's, you know, they're going to be on the national spotlight. It's Oregon in a season where they're ranked high, fairly highly, which hasn't been a common theme lately. So he's going to have a platform to, to make something happen. And so I guess it's just a name where it's almost like you, I, I, wouldn't have even been able to tell you he's still in college. <laughs> he's just kind of been around for a <laughs> yeah. while now. But uh, it, it's an interesting name um, to just kind of keep tabs on and to know that he's there. He's probably going to be their guy. Absolutely. How about we get Deep. into our uh, more fun game, unless you got something else to mention here. The only thing I was going to end on with that is we mentioned Oregon's defense, the oh, linebackers. Yes, yes. Uh, the names to know there, they didn't come up in the IDPs. Uh, Noah's Noah Sewell is the one that could have came up in the IDP show. Um, but wasn't very impressed with him on, on film from last year. He misses a lot of tackles. He instincts just seem not ideal. Um, but he is, he is a very athletic player and he's, he's kind of got a little bit of the spotlight on him. Um, going into this season as an NFL prospect. So definitely got to watch. And then the other guy, their other linebacker is Justin Flo, who is a former five-star who got, he's dealt with a lot of injuries in the two years that he's been there. And last year, I think he only played one game total. Uh, a guy with, obviously, he's a five-star recruit. He's got athletic traits. And maybe that's a guy where Sewell's kind of, you know, he maybe he is what he is, but maybe Flo steps in and looks like that guy if he stays healthy. Um, so two guys to watch on that side of things. We definitely need some linebackers to emerge out of this IDP class. We we mentioned that on our tight ends IDP episode last week where it was just like we cannot find a linebacker to save our life to be this, this number one guy. So either of these guys – popping out would be nice uh no sewell is penny sewell's younger brother uh has though that same athleticism that, that you see out of penny not the same athleticism penny sewell's a pretty different body types. ridiculous <laughs> uh but uh no sewell is definitely yeah a lot smaller but he definitely could like be something if he can get those like get the little things tuned up, the little things that matter a lot to be a good linebacker where you're reading the wrong hole and so you end up lighting up a cutback lane and then the guy's jetting for another extra 10 yards because you're just not in the right spot or you miss a tackle and then the guy, you know. So the mistakes that Sewell makes are bad mistakes for a team to let you on the field. So if he he continues that way, it'll be hard for him to see an NFL roster in like a, a real role. 100%. 100%. And now it's time to it's talk time. about the fun game that you oh, referenced. God, I'm so excited. I tried to jump to this game like three times already. Oh, man. Uh, we're, we're not wasting any time this year. Saturday night, prime time on ABC. Lock in for a top five showdown between the number five ranked Notre Dame fighting Irish and the number two ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. And we don't really need any introduction on this game because these guys we've talked about 
throughout our rankings on one side more so than the other, but it all starts with the Ohio State offense and watching C.J. Stroud, the potential number one overall NFL pick, and his new shiny number one option, who last time we saw him had 300 and some odd yards in the Rose Bowl, and that's JSN, J- Jackson Smith, and Jigba. This, this is the game that I'm most excited for this weekend. It's it's not really close. I just I can't wait to see Jackson Smith and Jigba in action as the clear-cut wide receiver one, but also to see these up-and-comers that are going to be eligible 2024 – like Travion Henderson and Marvin Harrison Jr. Like this offense is just churning out talent. And obviously Jackson Smith and Jigba is the be all end all wide receiver one put it in stone uh, kind of guy this year. And so we'll see if he can live up to the expectations that we've put on him already so far this, this preseason against a, a number five ranked team. And so this this will be a fun one to watch, definitely. I'm I'm really excited. It's it's his introduction because there's no more Garrett Wilson. There's no more Chris Olave. There are guys behind him now, guys for future NFL draft classes, but he is now the guy in that room. And the last time that that happened, like I said, was the last time that we saw him. And we know what he did in that game. So this is his moment to really grab the spotlight in primetime against the top five ranked opponent. And and, and that applies to C.J. Stroud as well. Maybe even more so because (laughs) C.J. Stroud is a player that we mentioned growth over the course of last season. That was a very, very important part of his tape is watching the games, how he started versus where he ended. And so can he continue that momentum that he brought uh, at the end of 2021 and make it a full season? You're the, you're the man now. You're, you're a Heisman Trophy candidate, national champion. You're, you know, you're running a national champion uh, team here potentially number two ranked team let's see that right away and this Notre Dame defense is nothing to scoff at there's some NFL players on this side of things um, and he's going to have a pass rusher in his face quite a bit I mean they got a good uh, they got a good tackle out there in uh, Paris Johnson as well at Ohio State but Isaiah Foskey is uh, an edge rusher, like another one of these guys. Add them to that little bin that we're, we're making this little collection of guys, putting <laughs> them in their own little corner in, the, in, in Camp Dynasty, uh, and he's one of them. Athletic, freak, uh, and, and he's got a lot of potential there to break out, maybe even as an IDP uh, candidate as well. So he'll be rushing, but I'm very excited to see how Stroud looks in this game. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait because I, I unfortunately like to look at like replies to stuff and go to the the internet to find people's opinions. Awful idea. It's it's That's never terrible. good. Yeah, and so I I was watching a, a Jackson Smith and Jigba highlight on Twitter, uh, 
And so I went and looked at the replies, and they're like, this guy's so overrated. They're like, this guy, like, had one good game against a, a team that was had plumbers at DB. Like, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, he had 1,600 yards. <laughs> what He had a 200-yard game in the regular season. Like I guess, I guess if your qualification for a good game is 300 <laughs> yards, then sure. Yeah. And then it's not good enough because of you, the opponent. But, yeah, I – oh, man. Just sometimes the, the internet leaves me pretty frustrated because, yeah. Anyway, we can we – that's a whole other discussion we could have about, like – r slash dynasty two on on reddit that we've we've had multiple conversations about that but yeah jackson is special and is going to be able to prove it on the big stage on saturday night and on the flip side man michael mayer yeah michael Tight end mayer one. man like uh, maybe like yeah. i mean my tight I, end one i should say well right but even so like i mean i i made a very strong point to say like Hey man, I'm betting a lot on the athletic traits that Gilbert has, but Mayer is more of that sort of complete package at the tight end position. He's not a wow you sort of athlete, but he is uh, an incredible tight end prospect. But let's see it, man. Play your way into the top twenty. You know, like be one of those guys. Let's see that become a top tight end prospect in terms of dynasty player um and so that's you know that's even you know we're watching jsn obviously but mayor too i mean i'm i'm super pumped to watch the tight ends this year absolutely it it'll be nice in contrast to the the oregon georgia game to see two teams that are super talented on offense uh go back (laughs) after that game get a little bit of a a refresher as our nightcap to see CJ Stroud and Jackson go against Michael Mayer in that Notre Dame offense. Absolutely. That's the Saturday slate. I mean, there's a lot more. Go check it out, guys, up and down the list there. But those uh, those are the games particularly yeah. to watch out for. I'll throw some honorable mentions. We got uh, yeah. Utah playing uh, Florida. We can watch our guy Anthony Richardson play Ooh. against a number seven ranked Utah team. And then uh, Jordan Addison and Caleb Williams are going to be playing against Rice. USC and Rice are playing each other. So those are my my two little, you know, maybe box score. Check those out. Anthony Richardson, man. That'll be fun. Let's see it. Absolutely. Um, Well, all right. So that's week one. This is kind of like a, a, a big preview episode. Obviously, we're... A lot of excitement. We're getting pumped up. This is now where it truly begins for these guys. This is their runway to the NFL. If 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 the kids were coming into camp through the summer, now camp is starting. The activities are going to begin, and it's time to see which one of these campers can rise to the top. We're going to start handing out badges next week to to show you know who are the campers that are putting in their best every single week. Uh, so that all that we're, we're kicking it off. It's 14 weeks of fun. And then we get into the bowl game, the national title game. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to do it, man. And, and uh, w- when it's all said and done, there's going to be a Heisman trophy winner. There's going to be a national champion. So we might as well predict those. What do you think? 
I would love to. I want to get it on record. Uh, we got to know all of the campers. We did our, our icebreakers. We went around the circle. And now it's time to uh, single out some of them as the front runners. Yeah, this closed door meetings, you know, you're not th- you're not saying this to the to the campers, you know, you're not putting anybody, but you're like, "Oh, who's the guy?" I'd who's, say it who's to the, the campers. Guy? I'll <laughs> say it to the campers. Just, I'll, I'll I'll be like, "Hey, just so you know, Bichon's better than all of you." Chip, and that's my Heisman on everybody's prediction. shoulder. It is. You're yep. locking that in. I'm locking it in. I'll lock in. I know that it's generally a quarterback. Uh, it's occasionally a receiver. It's rarely a running back. I think Bichon's special. He's my Heisman pick. Damn. I guess you did allude to that on a previous episode. I did. I didn't know if I wanted to double down, uh, but I do. I, I, I definitely do. I respect the hell out of it. Uh, I'm going to go with a safer pick. Uh, I don't blame guy, you. guy we just talked about. C.J. Shroud. Yep. Bryce Young got it last year. This is Shroud's year. Put together that full season of work, and you'll take it home because – no matter what, the Ohio State quarterbacks are always going to have inflated stats. And this might be one of the better ones that we've seen. So I'm locking in Shroud. Uh, national champion, then. Who do you think is going to take home the, the big shiny trophy in January? This one was harder for me. Um, but I... I think Ohio State is going to take it home. Uh, it was for me. It's between them and Alabama. I think Alabama has a star-studded cast, uh, but I I just really like what Ohio State's been doing for the last few years, and I I just feel like they're due. And I I really like C.J. Stroud. I think this will put him up in the national conversation to be the consensus number one overall pick in the NFL draft. I think Ohio State is due. But I think Bama's gonna win. They're so good. <laughs> I I don't I can't like I have no super hard argument like against Alabama. The the chip is on the shoulder for a lot of those players after losing last year. Uh and you have you know, if I could have picked Will Anderson for the Heisman and I would have I wouldn't have felt bad about it. I mean he was a he was in the conversation last year even, so you got a player like that on one side, you got Bryce Young on the other side and all that going on. It's hard for me to pick against you. So, I'm going to go Alabama to, you know, keep it alive, keep the dynasty rolling right along. Um best and best then, coach also. Yeah, well, yeah, and he just signed a nice little lucrative extension as well. Yeah. So, he's Saban's doing just fine for himself. Um last one I want to shout out here. Just kind of a fun one. The breakout player. This is a guy that his name has never come up in our in the rankings. None of the top five lists, maybe even not at all. Maybe we've never even said the name. But a guy that you could see at the end of this season being that sort of top six dynasty rookie pick. Okay, I'm just I'm just gonna go with my guy that hasn't made any of the rankings. I've talked about him before. <laughs> it's it's Titus Swen. Oh my god! Has, uh, listen, listen. I know it sounds funny to to say it, but this guy is 
a great runner. He's going to get a ton of volume. He's going to have gaudy stats. And he's like just a giant human. He's like one of these guys where it's like, I want to give that guy the ball 25 times a game and see what happens. And you see, saw Wyoming did it last week. He only got 17 carries and basically broke 100 yards before he left early. So I, w- I just want to see him get 25 carries a game because their their quarterback can't throw at all and just put up a ton of gaudy numbers and then the dynasty community latch on to this guy who is going to be the running back three of this class by the time it's all said and done. And we'll see where it goes. I respect it. Thank you. You got the Derrick Henry comps coming out yep. already. Now we're putting them top six ADP next year. <laughs> I mean, this is... I'm going to go with a running back as well. And I'm going to go with Sean Tucker. Okay. Because... Sean Tucker is a guy that this was my flip flop Charbonnet and Tucker at number five. And, and I feel like Tucker's name deserves to be said on this podcast before we kick things off this season, because it's a physical specimen at the running back position, huge, fast, massive numbers last year. I mean, he, he, he has the whole package in terms of what you're looking for. Uh, the reason that he didn't make my list was that I just felt like he was a little bit, a little bit of a loose cannon, um, just kind of uh, l- runs a little bit out of control, if that makes sense. Like yeah. he he kind of barrels forward, um, uses his size speed combination to just try to obliterate people and and get <laughs> yards the hard way instead of maybe taking an easier route. Um, but I could easily easily see this guy with another bot another season under his belt uh taking that sort of next step and being a, a guy that's considered a top three or four back in this class so wanted to throw that name out there i i i like this idea because it's another guy that has the opportunity to just put up a ton of stats yeah on a team and he's definitely one of the the prototype guys that could have like a sick combine and like just get all the advanced guys on board too and just kind of like raise his adp up slowly 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 and then all of a sudden it's like yeah are, are we gonna take sean tucker you know is this is this becoming a thing like are we taking him over jameer gibbs like i could see that being a real thing and yeah he he broke syracuse's single season rushing record last year uh he's approaching the career rushing record for Syracuse after only two years. So it's a, he, he definitely has the talent to do it. We'll just see if he can kind of rein himself in a little bit and uh, become a a more polished runner. Almost on that AJ Dillon arc a little bit where Mm -hmm. he is the offense. Like AJ Dillon was the offense at Boston college. And that's what Sean Tucker is to Syracuse. Big physical freak at the running back position. Maybe he maybe he goes late second uh, in the NFL draft and kind of, you know, flies a little bit under the radar in terms of fantasy, but I don't know. He's just uh, he's too big and too fast to leave his name out of this conversation. Um, all right. Well, that's, that's it. That's the preview. That is week one, predictions, all that fun stuff. We are only five days away from from the sat the first saturday of the year six days whatever um, days. but 
yeah, six days, but the action starts on Thursday. So keep your eyes out for all of these guys. And we'll be back next week to break it all down and tell you Zach Evans had 250 yards and three touchdowns, like make him RB one already. Um, But no, so that's coming up. But before we get to that point, it's time for campfire stories. So a, a future camper I've been keeping an eye on. Arch Manning. You see the you see some the Arch Manning highlights hit the TL. No. Uh, so we got got a little you know we get the little high school clips of Arch Manning every once in a while. It's like oh, he looks pretty good. Uh, but one one of the highlights hit the timeline a little earlier this week. I think I saw it yesterday, and. Everybody just looks like they're going in slow motion against him. And uh, the the caption on the tweet was, 25 has to be a paid actor. Because it was uh, <laughs> it was, it was a, a, a safety, and he was like right in front of the camera because he had dropped deep, and the camera was sitting in the end zone. And the guy took an angle and just was running, looked like he was running through syrup. He was going so slow, and Arch Manning just, like, beat him to the corner, to the pylon, and scored. And, uh, yeah, people were wondering how much the Mannings are paying these guys to, to be bad against Arch Manning. But I think he's just better. You think he's going to be the chosen one? He has to be. He has the last name Manning. It's true. I mean, imagine the pressure. That's yeah. where these they, they're funneling money in already, making him look better. I mean, imagine <laughs> if he wasn't good. Exactly. He's got to be a number one pick. He's it's got that last name. It's definitive having the last name Manning means you're going to be good at football. I, what are we, three for three? Two for two? Yes. Uh, was the dad good at football? I don't know. Yeah, I, don't Arch remember. Was, I wasn't there. Arch was good. Arch yeah, was good. so he even has Arch as a name. I don't know. It's just – and he's going to Texas, big-time program. You know, former Heisman winner Bijan Robinson went there. <laughs> Have extra mustard in the fridge. I, I just feel like – uh, he's he's set up for success. He's already getting kind of critiques. It reminds me of like the like LeBron's kids. Every time a highlight hits the, the timeline, it's like everybody's like kind of crapping on him. It's like, all right, guys, it's still a high schooler. Like even if it's the the son of a legend, it's still like a kid. Well, that's what I always wonder. Like, are they actually good, or are they just getting all the clips put on social media because it's LeBron's kid? You know, right. like. That's kind of the thing with Arch. It's like, well, it seems like he has the pedigree with his recruiting background and things like that, but you never really know. Yeah, exactly. And with with LeBron's kid, it seems like Bryce is the real, uh, like, actual prodigal son. Uh, Bronny has his limits, but anyway, different story for a different day. <laughs> Open a different camp dynasty. Yeah, right. Bring right. in Bronny. And then, Bring in Brownie and yeah. Bryce and, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the kids over in California. We'll see. But anyway, Arch Manning, uh, probably good at football, but I, I don't like seeing people crap on kids for being good at – like he's just good at high school football for now. Let's just wait till he gets into college, and then we'll see how he does there. Amen. And, uh, hey, I got, a, I got a story for you that's kind of along the same lines of get your act together, people. Because 
We had some pretty scary news come out yesterday. Oh, boy, uh, yeah. Former camper, I mean, literally, this sh- scouted him last season, Brian Robinson. Um, you know, very promising running back prospect from Alabama. Gets drafted to Washington. Performing so well in camp in the preseason that it seems as though he's going to be the starting running back for the commanders supplanting antonio gibson uh and and an hour after that report it is then reported that brian robinson was shot two times in an attempted carjacking in washington dc so that is obviously you know an incredibly terrifying situation and when you see the report come out you're like oh my god like what is he okay like what and then it was you know it was reported that they were non-threat non-life-threatening injuries thankfully um but i just i need to call out this sub faction of the internet that just really likes to I, I I hope they're trolling. I really hope yeah, they're trolling. Yeah, me too. And that they're not this is a real yeah that it's a real human being that sits there and says to themselves, "How does this affect my fantasy team?" Right. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, like, uh, not not fifteen minutes after it's like, oh, I guess Gibbs season's back. It's like, shut the fuck up. Or, like, or, oh, like, Antonio Gibson put out a hit on this guy. Ha, right. ha, 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 ha. Like, really? You, uh, this is a real person, man. Yeah. Like, he's in the hospital. He's having surgery for gunshot wounds, and you're sitting at a computer or sitting on your phone in your mom's basement tweeting about it. Like, yeah, right. I, it's, it's disgusting. It is disgusting. And honestly, I mean, the entire fantasy football community is given a bad name by this group of individuals that put fantasy football over real life in in every case and and normally that's just injuries that's that is not inclusive of gunshots but now we know that that is also uh, a low that they will stoop to yeah that's what i was gonna say is usually you see injuries where it's like oh yeah this guy tore his acl and it's like oh wheels up for this guy it's like okay not the time or place like i you like your guy cool keep it to your fucking self like just be a decent person man yeah <laughs> it's like, not that hard brian robinson like is a very successful person is having probably some of the best days of his life right now where he is taking the team, literally taking the running back room over in Washington after losing in the national title at Alabama and is, like, being a great running back. And then he has a complete setback by – he got shot in the butt and in the leg is what the reports are saying. And, like, people are like, "Well, well, is he out for the season? It's like, who, who cares? I'm. Are we happy he's alive? Like, I. 
I'm glad that it's just non-life-threatening. This is a, a human man <laughs> that just got shot twice. Like, oh my god. People are just so quick to jump on things. It's so insensitive. It's like, nobody gives a shit about your fantasy team. They really don't. And, like, nobody gives a shit about how you feel about Antonio Gibson at the end of the day. Nobody gives a shit how you feel about Brian Robinson, about J.D. McKissick, about the commanders in general. Keep it to yourself. And, you know, when Antonio Gibson plays well, then you can tweet positively about Antonio Gibson. There's no need to go into the replies of, like, an Ian Rappaport tweet and say, Oh, well, uh, well, is, is he out for the season? What's going on here? Is, uh... Is, should I draft Antonio Gibson in the fourth round now? Like, just, just fucking cool your jets. How about that? Just, just what? Like, who? First of all, who thinks like that? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just the this camp dynasty. It's gonna come up time and time again, man. Like, this is what we're all about. It's positivity. It's not being, you know, not starting confrontation about differences of opinion and things like that. And then there's just situations like this where it's like the dynasty, I mean, the fantasy football community as a whole uh, needs to just get their act together sometimes. So when I see that kind of stuff, I'm going to I'm gonna bring that to the, you know, I'm going to bring it here. And we're going to talk about how bullshit it is and how that's not at all what we're about here. So... Uh, yeah, thankfully Brian Robinson is, is okay. That's, that's the message here. I hope he can play and I hope he's, uh, the RB one for the commanders because he's, he's damn good. (laughs) I can tell you that he is, he is fun. Hopefully speedy recovery for Brian. Well, on that note, we've, we feel like we've done this now back to back weeks. You had a, you had a, a hard one and now I got a hard one. How do I yeah. wrap this up? Um, I mean, listen, all I'm saying is there's positivity to be gleaned from every subject and we're here to mine that positivity. That's exactly what we are here to do. You come into, you come into the campgrounds, you push all that BS away. That's not, we're not going to have that here. You leave that on the doorstep when you come in. Um, and we're going to be back next week to break down the week one college football slate. We are going to dive deep into the games that we referenced, uh, on this week's little preview episode. Uh, take a look at how our guys did, um, and any other surprising performers perhaps, um, and then look ahead to week two, and then it will be many, many more weeks of that. So, Looking forward to it. As redraft approaches, take Damian Pierce in every league. Oh, oh man, another camper. Look at him yeah, go. If absolutely. we'd had this podcast last year, everybody would know about those guys. Absolutely. So, yeah, go uh, go get, you know, ninth round. It's a good spot to get Damian Pierce. It is. Well, on that note, draft Damian Pierce, and thank you for stopping by Camp Dynasty. Have a great week.